Are we going to talk about how our cat's been swimming in the water fountain? We or can. No? She, instead of drinking water, she's been sitting in the water fountain. She's got one paw in plus her chest on the part where the water runs down, but then she's using her other paw to scoop water into her mouth. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I'm telling you, after she got spayed, she's going a little wonky. Polly dips you. What? It's when you're excessively thirsty. You did enough. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bug and a Rug podcast. As always, my name's Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And today, story probably has the FBI looking at my computer a little bit closer than usual. Because they're always watching. They're always watching. Do you tape over your camera? No, it's not really my camera. I don't think it's more of like my search history. But you don't tape over your camera? No. I'm not as worried about the FBI with my camera as I am about creepy people. And you're, yeah, but, like, I don't really do much with my camera. They'll just see me sitting there. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, but, like, I don't want them staring at me. And steal my face? <gasps> Let's go get tape right now. They'll steal one. my face? Like, virtually. Isn't there a movie about that? <laughs> Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Identity <laughs> theft is... All right, so let's just jump into it. You got anything to say before we go? A lot of things to say. Okay. First of which is that it's come to my attention that Trace Adkins has a problem with colors. <laughs> this is just now... How old is the song Chrome? I Much older than... The song Chrome by Trace Adkins was released on October 9th of 2001. Really? That is not as old as I thought. So you're saying I have a chance with Trace Adkins. Why? I'm sorry. Why is the release <laughs> of the song Chrome? Well, that, you know, that probably means that he's a little... Uh, now, how old is he? Can you look it up? Trace Adkins is only 58 years old? I mean... Daddy. <laughs> I mean... I'm just saying. Wait, so in... Well, because I thought his music was out in, like, the 90s or whatever. Wait, so he was 38 when the song Chrome came out? Ew, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought he was older than that. Back up, back up, back up. So if you don't know the song Chrome... We used to sing it all the time when we were younger, and lately it's come back into our Forget repertoire. Forget pink and purple paisleys, little yellow mellow daisies. Ain't no part of gold in her rainbow. Her favorite color is chrome. So two problems I have with You can't forget that Three part. Three problems I have. <laughs> you can't forget that part. First. What you just did. <laughs> it's pretty accurate to the song. Second, gold is not in the rainbow. No. Unless you count, like, yellow, but I think it's different. It doesn't specifically say gold, and then also chrome is not a color. color. I know. I've been saying this. I Well, maybe it is. I don't know. Let's look at the Crayola crayon list. I doubt it. I bet chrome's in there. I mean, I'm sure it is. I bet it is. 
There's a chrome green. A chrome green? If your guys' favorite color is chrome, let us know. <laughs> so we can tell you how wrong you are. We'll send you a sticker. <laughs> can I just say, wait, I'm looking at the list. This is more important than anything. Okay. I'm looking at the list of uh, retired Crayola colors, and this one says Matombo's favorite. <laughs> is that a color? Yes. What color? There's also is Alamo. It, is it a turquoise? No, it's silver. Oh. There's also Alamo a la mode. What color is that? <laughs> Blue gray. <laughs> Speedy Claxton's favorite. What are these? Wizard. <laughs> I hate it. Austin Clem. Okay, can we stop talking about color? Oh, sorry. Colors? Austin Clem made this color. <laughs> Maybe? Are you? Wait. I'm waiting for you to finish. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm done. Most of the grays are just Parmesan and the yellow. <laughs> what, other, what else would it be? Gambage. What the hell? Gambage yellow. Gambage yellow. I don't know. Her favorite color is, is gambage. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know if it was the same album that Trace Adkins had the song Chrome and One Hot Mama. One Hot Mama. I'm sorry, but the Honky Tonk Badonka no. is the best Trace Adkins song. That One Hot Mama was 2003. Woof. What was this? Honky Tonk Badonka Nonk. Honky Tonk Badonka Nonk. 2005. Wow. When was the song? Was doesn't he have a song where it's like a uh, swing batter batter swing batter batter swing batter batter swing batter batter swing? Is wow, it? Google's loving me right now. Is it? Yeah, it's wait 2006. Oh wow, <laughs> newer. Wow. Anyway, Trey Seconds, if you listen to this, reach out. We'll send you a sticker. <laughs> 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 Will you be my sugar daddy, please? <laughs> I mean, I just want to be friends, but that's okay. Are you saying that Trace Adkins is in one of your hall passes? Oh, he's in my top five for sure. I think he always has been. I'm going to be honest. I wanted to do one that would kind of freak everybody out. So I was researching stories about people, people's homes being broken into. Why, but why would you, a beanie? <laughs> beanie, bacon and eggs. No, I just realized that I just wanted to kick someone's door in. Bacon and eggs. No, no. <laughs> um, because I really wanted to scare everybody, but I couldn't really find any that particularly piqued my interest uh, at the moment, and so it turned into you doing a beanie. Me? No, <laughs> it turned into. Oh. Uh, me researching some of the most interesting slash biggest bank heists that the world has ever seen. What a swerve. What a swerve, I know, right? I don't know how it changed, honestly, but I really got into this. There's a cat under my foot. Ow, sorry. Oh, <laughs> We're being broken into my cats. <laughs> don't move an inch. <laughs> So I have a couple uh, statistics before we get into the stories, and I only have three stories. There's a lot. Statistics? Statistics, yes. Statistics. Sacabistics. (laughs) Sacabiscuits. A few sacabiscuits before we get into it. (laughs) Um, And the reason why I think that the FBI is going to be monitoring my search history for a little bit is because there's some terms and phrases that uh, I was Googling. How to rob a bank. Such as, uh, well, this specific 
one talks about this uh, facility that was broken into. So I was researching that type of facility, where it is, uh, what it houses, and then it was like non-sequential money, uh, original money ties. Did you, know. you just watch National Treasure? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I no. There's one specific place. Yeah, the Museum of Natural. Where do they keep the Declaration of Independence? I don't know. I don't. I thought you were joking, and then you looked at me. I don't know. I panicked. I panicked. Where's Jack when you need him? I know, right? Anyway, so um, according to the FBI's Uniform Crime Reporting Program, a robbery is quote. The taking or attempting to take anything of value from the care, custody, or control of a person or persons by force or threat of force or violence and or by putting the victim in fear. Wait, so not by sneaking? No, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. I mean, yes, technically, but... No, not technically, because their definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I have a few statistics about robbery, and then we'll look into the difference between, like you said, like you're sneaking or pickpocketing versus um, fear. Because there's a big difference. And there's two different definitions and two different words. So in 2017, there was an estimated 319,356 robberies nationwide. And out of these robberies, it was projected that $438 million was stolen and banks actually experienced the highest average dollar loss at $3,483 per offense. Now, while banks may have lost the most money per robbery, they actually only make up 1.7% of all robberies according to this 2017 chart. The distribution of the location of robberies was estimated to be Street and highway robberies at 37.2%, miscellaneous robberies at 20.1%, residence robberies at 16%, commercial houses at 15.5%, convenience stores at 6.6%, gas or service stations at 3%, and then once again, banks at 1.7%. Highway robberies? I don't... I, I'm not sure. Um, I didn't really look into the definition of what they considered this to be. And miscellaneous, I don't know what they consider that to be either. Maybe something that just doesn't fit into the other categories. So, like you were saying... Um, peace of mind. What? Robbery of peace of mind. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So they stole someone's heart. <gasps> Aww. Oh, yeah, that's probably the majority of the <laughs> So, as we look closer at bank robberies in... Like, specifically, the FBI actually categorizes them into three types of violations. So there are very small differences in the definitions, but they're very important in individual cases because um, depending on what happens, people can be charged for different things and the sentences will be different accordingly. So um, you ask if people can sneak in to perform a robbery. Not really. So larceny is actually the theft of personal belongings or property of another individual without the victim being aware of the crime taking place. So my example for that would be pickpocketing. Nobody really knows that anybody's doing it, but your stuff gets stolen. Well, there's such a thing as, what's the difference between larceny and grand larceny? So uh, the amount that's stolen, Mm, essentially, is all it is. So the difference between larceny and robbery is the fear or yes. threat 
towards the victim. Yes. So robbery is similar to larceny, except the perpetrator will use force in the form of a threat, intimidation, or use of a weapon. So larceny, the victim doesn't know it's happening. Robbery, the victim is very aware that it's happening and is is being intimidated into giving money. Now, burglary is actually a whole nother definition. It actually involves the criminal entering a building without consent and then committing another crime. So burglary, you don't even actually have to steal anything for it to be considered a burglary. You just have to break like break and enter with the intent to harm somebody, take something, commit another crime. Vampires cannot burgle. Uh, no. Because they cannot enter houses without consent. That is absolutely correct. That is absolutely correct. Well, look at that. Marked out down on the list of crimes vampires <laughs> definitely aren't on the list of suspects for. Say it out loud. Gosh darn it, we cannot talk about Twilight every episode. Vampire. Oh I think we just need to watch it. All of them? I don't know if I can sit through all of them. I don't even know if I can sit through one of them. Oh my gosh. We could try it though, I guess. So in 2018, there were approximately 2,975 robberies, 56 burglaries, and two larcenies committed against several types of institutions, including commercial banks, mutual savings banks, savings and loan associations, credit unions, armored carrier companies, and other facilities uh, that house money like banks do. Most of these crimes were committed on a Friday, and the most popular time to commit the crime was between 3 and 6 p.m. The lowest day, I told you this because I got a chuckle out of it, Um, most people don't rob banks on Sundays because banks aren't open on Sundays. (laughs) Now, I think that would be a good time to commit larceny. Larceny. Yeah, well, there was two larcenies, so maybe. (laughs) And I told you I disagree that the best time to rob a bank is a Friday. Why? Is it the best time or is it the most popular time? I said most popular. Okay, well, I just I think that's not the best time to rob a bank. The best time to rob a bank is probably when uh, it first opens. Eh. I would think. Like, like, like before people the get there, very they just first open. day, the grand opening in the bank. Before <laughs> they have any money. Yes. <laughs> no. I think, well, we'll talk about what I think later. Go ahead. You can talk about it now. Well, my last sentence for right now is while these are just statistics from 2017 and 2018, I think we can all agree that people have been robbing banks for as long as banks have been around. Well, not if the best day to do it is the first day that (laughs) they've been. Now, while I'm going to be talking about bank heists, I've never been a part of one. But I've never somebody been... else in this room oh has been a victim. <laughs> Don't say has been a part of. A part of I've, never... I've never robbed a bank, but one of us. <laughs> I've never robbed a bank. Right. Or but... committed larceny or burgled a bank. Correct. <laughs> I have been at a bank while it was robbed. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> My very first... A lot of people know this. Probably too many. <laughs> now. Uh, my very first summer job that I had was as a bank teller. And my very first day, I was um, counting the night deposits. Mm-hmm. That you actually weren't, in. like, 
open to Correct. work with people. Uh, I was not cleared to do transactions, but I could count night deposits because they have to be counted by multiple people right. to make sure that the amount is correct. Yes. And um, a gentleman came into the bank. Many people came in. It was Monday morning. <laughs> no, it was Tuesday morning. <laughs> a great Gentle. day. <laughs> well, so this, I'm going to, I'll say, I will say this first. I think that the best day to rob a bank is on a Tuesday morning after a three-day holiday weekend near a place where... It's close to the highway. Is close to the highway, but also a place that's close to a resort or of some kind. Oh, Because the businesses who have had a lot of um, tourism or customers yeah. or whatever over the weekend, the long holiday weekend, they've put all their money in the night drop. So then the banks have all of that to count right. on Monday morning and it's not yet entered into the computer. Right. Which is basically what was happening when this gentleman came in. Mm -hmm. Many people were coming into the bank. This gentleman walked up to my window and I was counting night drop deposits from the holiday weekend and I said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Um, I'm, I can't help you. My window's closed, but if you move on down, they'll be able to help you. And right. he goes, okay. And, you, okay. and he goes to the next girl, and she said, oh, I'm sorry, sir, because she was also helping me count yeah. this because there were so many night deposits. Right. So she's like, oh, I'm sorry, sir, I'm also closed. Can you please move down to the next lady? And then, you know, we go about our business, and a few minutes later, the third lady looks at us and goes, guys, I was just robbed. Oh, no! And I go, joke on the new girl. Yeah. And then she started crying. Oh, no! And I was like, oh, no, oh, no. She was serious. So, um, she said he had slipped her note, mm -hmm. and then when he walked out the door, because you're supposed to give them exactly what they want, right. walk out the door, and then you lock the place down. Yeah. Um, and call so, the police. And call the police, and push the alarm, and you lock the doors, and you keep the customers in there that are in there, because they are technically witnesses, mm -hmm. but the one customer was like, he made Tammy cry! So she leaves, <laughs> and she gets in her car, and she chases his car. <laughs> I remember this. She For a while, him, right? And she's on the phone with the police. She's like, he's going this way, blah, blah, blah. He's trying to run me off the road. It was insane. Oh, my Eventually, God. Eventually, the police told her it was too dangerous. She needed to stop following Did him. they ever catch the guy? Yeah, they caught him a couple weeks later after they robbed another bank. Yep. And, but he took maybe $2,000 from this lady. Yeah. I had probably... $10,000 in front of me. Yeah, but that would have made such a bigger scene. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he can't just mm -hmm. go up to somebody whose window's closed and be like, slip you a piece of paper. Like, that's super suspicious. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're not telling anybody how or in any shape or form to rob a bank. I'm saying. <laughs> I thought it was a very clever way to do it. <laughs> And then what you do is everybody has to stop and we're not allowed to talk to each other. Right, because you can't get your stories mixed up, correct. right? Correct. And we have to take out this piece of paper that's the worksheet for bank robberies and it's like describe the suspect and describe the events of what happened. Oh my god, were and, you a good witness or were you a panicky witness? Oh no, absolutely not. I think we all <laughs> said he had tattoos and he didn't have tattoos or he had a lot of tattoos and no one said he had tattoos. It was really bad. We were all really bad at it. <laughs> it's like okay. we were not close. <laughs> yeah. Well, you also probably didn't get a great look at him because you're counting money, and then you're like, sorry, sir. Like, oh, I looked him right in his eyeballs. Well, yeah, but not for very long. No, and then the trauma of the event wiped my memory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm not laughing at you. And I then think I, it's a very scary situation. And then I called dad and I couldn't talk because I was crying because I realized what had happened and I had to hand the phone to another lady who was like, oh, um, are you Whitney's dad? Yeah, we were robbed. We were robbed on <laughs> her first day. She's fine. But <laughs> and you went back. I went back and they said, why did you come back? And I said, because I don't think it can get much worse than it did yesterday. <laughs> I mean, that's true. There's only one way to go and that's up. And I spent two or three summers there. Yeah. They were nice to you, though. They were they were nice to me, and we weren't robbed again. <laughs> Good. After I left, they were. Well, bank robberies aren't super popular amongst criminals. No, but that one bank where I was robbed at. Amongst thieves. That one and the one across the street that was a different company, yeah. but also a bank, they were have both been robbed like eight times in the last five years well, or something. Well, because like I said, well, Dad said it too, that particular bank is right next to... Like, you're not in, like, a busy city. You can just get right on to the road and drive off. And chain cross state lines. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. it's it's not a great place for a bank. No, but, um, like I said, Tuesday after a holiday weekend, don't make a scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the window says closed. I mean, don't like, do it. You secretly <laughs> want me to do if it. If the windows probably, like, read the little sign that says closed, please go to the next window. Right, because that's a little suspicious. I had no idea. I was like, oh, sir, I'm sorry. I can't help you. <laughs> well, some customers are like, I want to deposit this right away. Don't be as sweaty as this guy was. Ooh, he was nervous. I was like, oh, it's hot outside. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 20 degrees. <laughs> I, was I was like, like ooh. I was like, oh, he'd been working outside. He's hot. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry you had to experience that. Don't rob a bank through the drive-thru. Are you going to be able to sleep as snug as a bug and a rug tonight? Or am I bringing up traumatic events that are going to make you stay up? I'm going to have PTSD. (laughs) I hadn't thought about this in a long time. I'm sorry. Until like yesterday when you said something about it and I was like, oh my god. Oops, I apologize. Toss and I turn and I dream of what I need. I need Trace Atkins <laughs> to protect me. Okay, so uh, that is our first bank robbery story that we were going to discuss today. Thank Straight you for Straight from the horse's mouth. Stra- I'm sorry? What? What? <laughs> is that a saying? Wait, if I'm the victim... What's in the horse's mouth? I don't... I have zero idea. Wait, you've never heard that? No! Yeah, it's like... It's like, um, if you... If you want to hear... If you're, like, talking about, oh, well, I heard blah, blah, blah about so-and-so, then you go ask that person who's involved, and they tell you you're getting it firsthand, and it's straight from the horse's mouth. Where did that come from? That's been a saying for a long time, and I wanted to tell you about how one of the doctors that I was working with the other day was talking about how you didn't want to get an infection, so he's like, yeah, don't let that horse out of the barn. (laughs) There's a horse loose in In a hospital! hospital. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the next bank robbery story we're going to discuss is actually considered the first official American bank robbery. American. This is like a couple years after America became independent. The United States, specifically. Yes, yes. So there were obviously bank robberies here before, but this is considered the first... American bank robbery. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Does it involve Nicolas Cage? 
No, he was not that old. Although, I'd believe it if he, like, never died. It was immortal. Him and Keanu Reeves are immortal. Absolutely. So, the Bank of Pennsylvania was founded in 1793 and was considered the largest bank under state charter at the time. So, banks were actually rare um, during these, these years, this time, due to the fact that currencies still varied from state to state. And if there was a bank, it usually wasn't very big. Um, a lot of people didn't really use banks. They they were just becoming popular, so nobody really... Un- they, a lot of people didn't understand them. They just kept their money themselves. Yeah, like buried in the backyard or kept it under the mattress. Exactly, exactly. So um, this is why the Bank of Pennsylvania was such an important building, because it housed such large deposits of banknotes, gold and silver. It had a lot of money compared to everywhere else. Banknotes. A lot of stickies saying, I owe you. <laughs> I owe you. So between the years of 1798 and 1801, the Bank of Pennsylvania was in Carpenter's Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So Carpenter's Hall was actually created by the Carpenter's Company to showcase their technical skills and to hold important meetings, but certain spaces were also available for rent. So many different entities occupied the space to show the arts, sciences, and commerce. Um, It was also the site of the First Continental Congress in 1774. So the Bank of Pennsylvania was not in Carpenter's Carpenter's Hall long before it was the victim of a robbery. So on September 1st, 1978, it was discovered that more than $162,000 had gone missing from the vault. Yes. Not a robbery. Well, burglary and larceny, I guess. This is a larceny? (laughs) Nobody knew about it. And it was a burglary because they weren't invited in. Did it be any? Exactly. There are discrepancies on how much this is today. I don't know why this is, this was so hard for me to find, but using a like dollar converter, inflation converter, Mm -hmm. it'd be about $670,000 today. But some sources say it was approximately $3.2 million because I don't, I don't think it was all dollar bills. I think it was like gold and silver and things like that. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was closer to the three million. Right, right. So um, using my bank knowledge. Of course, of course. Is what I'm gonna say that I'm pulling that from. Yeah. Which is total nonsense. (laughs) Oh, it makes sense. So the scene made the local police scratch their heads because there was actually no signs of forced entry and nothing had been taken by threat or force like we just discussed. It wasn't a robbery because nobody was there. Mm Mm-hmm. So the first suspect to come to mind was a 29-year-old blacksmith from London named Pat Lyon, L-Y-O-N. Because he was lying? Yes, he was lying about the whole thing. like he's been lying the whole time. <laughs> so he was eyed suspiciously due to the fact that he was the person that actually made the new vault doors for the bank when the bank moved in to this rented space. Lyon also claimed that the locks he installed could not be picked. He said he was too good. They had a key. Yes, that's what the police thought. No, I'm sorry. I mean, they just made a key. Oh, yeah. They went to Lowe's. Yeah. And they got a copy of the key. Right, right. And then they went back. So the authorities decided that Lion must have made a key while he was installing these locks, like you just said. I knew it. Um, And they thought that he used the key to steal the money when no one was looking. However... 
Pat Lyon was not in town when the robbery took place. Ooh, he had an alibi, alibi, alibi. Oh he had an alibi, alibi. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just made that up. It was going to be my new chance for the yes. rest of this episode. <laughs> so a deadly yellow fever outbreak was claiming victims in the American capital throughout the summer of 1798, so around this time. Due to this, this was currently the capital. Yes, yes. Philadelphia was currently the capital at this time. Mm. Due to this, Lyon and his 19-year-old apprentice had actually moved to Delaware shortly after finishing the iron doors to this vault. Delaware. So, um, unfortunately, this did not stop the disease from finding and claiming Lyon's apprentice's life. Oh, no. Um, He sadly died from the fever actually very quickly after they moved to Delaware. That's sad. Yeah, it's not a good... It's not a fun alibi, but... An alibi nonetheless, I guess. So Lyon was mourning the loss when he actually heard the news of the heist in Philadelphia. I guess news... I mean, it was a big robbery, so... Mm-mm. It was sp- It was a big larceny. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. It was a big old larceny. Um, he actually returned to the Bank of Pennsylvania to clear his name... To say, like, this is where I was. And he actually came back because he thought he knew who committed the crime. The guy he gave the spare key to. Right, exactly. (laughs) So he suggested that Samuel Robinson, who was in charge of the bank's move at the time, so he was overseeing, um, I guess, all the money and employees who were working at the bank and moving it to this rented space, Lyon said that, well, Samuel Robinson was in charge of the whole thing. He told me what he wanted for the vault doors. You know, he was overseeing the whole project. And he just seemed very suspicious to me. So that's what he told authorities. Well, authorities would hear none of that. Um, They actually imprisoned Lyon without listening to his alibi. Lyon later wrote a book about this ordeal. And this is a quote from his book. Quote, I found I was in the hands of those who are not the most intelligent of mankind. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Oh, man. Oh, I want to read this. What's it called? I will. I have it listed later in the book. Or in the, in the, in my stuff. Later in the book. Later in the book. I wrote a book (laughs) and I have his book mentioned in my book. I should write a book based on my (laughs) work. You should. A children's book. About how to not work at banks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Lyon was held in a 12 by 4 foot cell in the Walnut Street Jail for approximately three months. Yes. 12 by 4 feet? Yes. That's very small. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, during the time he was imprisoned, he lost weight, grew a beard, and tried his hardest not to get sick. Because <laughs> yellow fever was still a big problem. I thought you were going to say so he could slide through the bars. (laughs) He lost weight so he could just shimmy his way out. The beard, if he grows it out, he can tie it to the cell and And shimmy out the window. Okay. So, thankfully for Lion, the real culprit was about to do something really dumb. Rob the bank again? No, but he went back. Tried to deposit all the money. (laughs) Oh, no. Listen here. No. So Isaac Davis was a young carpenter and member of the trade guild that owned the hall. So he was, he worked there. He was part of the carpenter's company that, you know, was in control of this hall. He and Thomas Cunningham were the real culprits behind the bank heist on September 1st, 1978. 
So the pair had come in possession of the key to the vault and easily stole the money after remaining inside the hall after dark on the night in question. No one suspected them for some reason because Cunningham was the bank porter at the time. So they just trusted him with the money. Although I think that would be my first guess. But anyway... Cunningham actually died of yellow fever just several days after they had stolen the money, which left Davis with the remaining amount. Now, amazingly, Davis began to make deposits of the money that he just stole to the bank that he just stole from. I mean, what is he going to do with it otherwise? <laughs> true, true. Hey, you have a good point. Wait, were there marked bills? I don't know. I, I don't, again, I don't exactly know what he stole, if it was gold or dollar bills or whatever. Hey. Who are you picking up? Well, I was trying to pick up your child, but <laughs> not going so high. <laughs> Why are you holding her like that? Because she's biting me. Here, play the water. <laughs> So, what you're saying is, he took the cookies out of the jar, <laughs> and he took the cookies back, he licked to them, the he licked them, <laughs> and then he started slowly putting them back one by one. <laughs> is that a good metaphor? I like it. So, uh, obviously the employees at the bank became suspicious, because they didn't understand where he was getting this money from. You know, they lost all this money. And it's coming back to them now. Okay. So they reported this to the authorities. Uh, they actually questioned Davis about the suspicious deposits, and he confessed immediately. Um, he was actually pardoned for the crime what? after agreeing to return all of the money. He's what he's doing anyway. Yes. He's working on it. <laughs> yes. So Pat Lyon was furious about the leniency given to Isaac Davies, and once he was released, he wrote a book about the ordeal titled Narrative of Patrick Lyon, who suffered three months severe imprisonment in Philadelphia goal on, on merely a vague suspicion of being concerned in a robbery of the Bank of Pennsylvania with his remarks thereon. He wanted you to know exactly what you were reading. <laughs> He's like, you know what? You don't need to turn to the back. You don't need to look inside the front cover. I'm going to tell you exactly what this book's about. He was so mad. He's like, I can't even wait for the first page. So after he published this book, he sued the state for wrongful imprisonment and was awarded $12,000 in 1805. Um, he actually took this money and successfully started his own manufacturing business. Food line. <laughs> that long place oh, he was trying. No, I think that's not L-I-O-N. I'm not sure. I... How is food line spelled? No, that's what I'm saying. I think food line's L-I-O-N, isn't it? How is his name spelled? L-Y-O-N. Oh, you said that. <laughs> Wait, and food line's also groceries, not manufacturing. The long pause was me trying to think of anything. <laughs> with the name he could have been connected to. Well, he... Lion's Den. Adult toy store. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's L-Y-O-N either, is it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> he didn't want them to know his... He wanted it to be a play on his name, not exactly Right, right, name. you're right, because he... Yeah. We don't know what kind of manufacturing business he ran. No. 
I don't. I didn't look it up. I'm gonna go with Lions Den. Lions Den. I like it. Sure. So the second uh, robbery that I would like to discuss, this one is actually a robbery. It's called the Knightsbridge Security Deposit Box Robbery. Now, security boxes, security deposit boxes, for those who do not know, are secure metal containers that are stored in banks or credit unions behind vault doors. Individuals can rent these and use them to keep personal papers, business papers, stamp collections, coin collections, jewelry, rare collectibles, etc., etc. It's mostly used if you don't want to keep stuff in your home and you're nervous about it, you can keep it at the bank. Um, it's just like a little safe that you can keep and rent. Yeah, and it has a little key. Yes, you get a little key and you can go in and unlock it, take out what you need. So they have actually been around since the mid-1800s, but some banks now consider them outdated. I don't know. I've never really thought about using one, but I don't really have a lot of valuables, I guess. So, yeah. Mom has one, but she doesn't know where the key is. Uh-oh. <laughs> So while security deposit boxes are thought to be safer than keeping valuables in one's home, they are not invincible to all crimes. And we're going to talk about one uh, right now. So on July 12th, 1987, $98 million was stolen from security deposit boxes in the Knightsbridge Safe Deposit Center in Shovel Place, Knightsbridge, England, which is part of the city of Westminster. That's a lot of money. Yes. Yes. Well, and I say $98 million, but it's security deposit boxes, so it's not all dollar bills. Right. It's like gold It's going to be gold, silver, stuff. jewelry, mm. gems, um, you know, rare collectibles, things like that. So when the center opened on uh, that day, on July 12th, two men entered asking for information on how to rent a security box. They wanted to rent one. So the manager... Now... The story's a little fuzzy, but this is what I've gathered from it. Um, the manager and two guards took the men to the safe where the security boxes were kept to show them which box they could rent. Mm -hmm. Now, some stories say it was only one guard. Other stories say it was three different people. Not sure. I, I thought it was three different people, and I'll explain why. This is why. very Harry Potter. Yes, wand-esque or money-esque. This is very Harry Potter going into the goblin bank with one goblin to go down into yeah. where the big safes are, where his parents' money is, but also something important was down there. The Sorcerer's Stone was supposed to be, but it had been stolen. Right? I have no idea. Okay. No, there was something in one of the safes, right? Because they accidentally touched the thing where the gold kept multiplying, but they were trying to grab something else. Maybe. Is that Aladdin? That's, no, no, no. That's like a later movie. That's not like the first couple. That's like one of the last ones. Oh, Because then the dragon gets out and they ride the dragon. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. We need to rewatch Harry Potter. Yes. Let us know if you know what we're talking about. In Twilight. We need to rewatch Harry Potter and Twilight together. Yes. We'll watch the first movie of Twilight and the first movie of Harry Potter. And Simultaneously? The movie of Twilight. Yes. <laughs> Guess which one I'll pay attention to. <laughs> Neither. TikTok. So, uh, once inside the safe, the two men pulled out guns, pointed them at the employees, and subdued them. So, after tying up... Now, this is why I think all three of the people went to the safe, because they 
essentially tied up all of the employees. So I'm assuming that, like, the manager and the two guards both went with them. They pointed guns at them, tied them up. Because then they walked back out to the front and put a sign on the door that said closed temporarily so nobody else would come in. (laughs) Hey. Hey. (laughs) They got to lower the amount of collateral damage that could happen. Exactly. So they then proceeded to break several security several security cases and take values worth millions of dollars about an hour after the two men had left so they didn't stay super long and it is thought that they had extra help outside moving the valuables i don't think that they personally carried 98 million dollars worth of stuff no no yeah so yeah they had to have had some kind help of help outside right so it was a pretty quick process um and so about an hour after they left the police were notified by either one of the restrained guards getting out of their ties or the shift change happened, which brought new employees in, um, and they saw the scene and were able to notify police. I read both of these stories, so I'm not sure which happened. Either way, police were notified. The investigators were able to recover a fingerprint that belonged to Valerio Vici? Vici? V-I-C-C-E-I? Vici? V-I-C-C-E-I. Probably Vici. So after some digging into Vici's past, it was discovered that he was actually implicated in up to 50 bank robberies in his home country of Italy. Vici. Vici. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm like, it's Italian, so. So he'd actually. I'm sorry, it's what? Italian? It's Italian. It's Italian. I'm sorry, I don't speak Italian. Pizza. He had actually come to England in 1985 in order to escape capture and imprisonment from those bank robberies but like two years later he was like well i need some more money let's rob a bank right and so this what was he spending all his money on fancy cars or do you think really yeah you hold on let me tell you the rest of the story it's fancy (laughs) cars all right um steve harvey so once Let's it's not him. The rest of the story. It's not Steve Harvey, is it? No, I have no idea. Steve Harvey hosts Family Feud. I'm Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey. <laughs> I'm Paul Harvey. <laughs> I'm Steve Harvey. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, I'd listen. I would listen to Paul Harvey host Family Feud. I'd listen to Steve Harvey host whatever you're talking about. The rest of the story. <laughs> is that what it's called? I'm Paul Harvey, and this is the rest <laughs> of the story. I love it. Oh. So the authorities placed Vici under surveillance instead of arresting him immediately, and this led to them connecting Vici to several gang members who were considered to be the accomplices that helped them take all of these belongings out of the security deposit boxes. He's probably hired to do these things. I don't know, because I don't know if that or if he was a leader or high-up member of this gang. And he was like, let's rob banks. And they're like, okay. Gang, mob. Gang, eh. gang. Not sure. Um, he could have been. Well, he could have been, too, because I don't know. It, it's not money that he's stealing. So he could have had connections to the black market, to hire-up individuals who are willing to give him money for the things that he stole. You know what I mean? I want I to own a... And I, no, that doesn't make sense. I want a safe deposit box and I want to put in it like this cat shaped salt shaker. 
Because I want the safety deposit box person to look at me and be like, that. that's what you want? They could, you know? You have to. Okay. I mean, they're not that much to rent. I think I read that you rent them based on size. Like, What if I put dynamite in a safety deposit box? You can't do that. I read you can't put, you can't put dangerous items like that. Ow! How do you know that a cat bit my toe? Ouch, Charlie! How do, I, how do I know that a cat bit your toe? Well, because you just yelled, ouch. That's my pride. How do you know that my cat salt shaker doesn't, isn't dangerous? I don't, I think they would check it. It's filled with cocaine. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyhow, anywho... So, the gang members were eventually arrested on August 12th, 1987. However, Vici somehow escaped to Latin America. Now, a short time later, Vici actually returned to England in order to retrieve and ship his Ferrari to where he was staying in Latin America. <laughs> this is why I say he's um, probably spending money on guy cars. <laughs> he left Guy Ferrari behind and he had to go get him. Why you forgot about why my Ferrari? Like, why are you like this? Why are you like this? Like what? Why can't you make a comment that it has to actually do with my story? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Anywho, I'm he sweet. was he was caught in the he was caught. Okay, he wasn't able to ship his Ferrari back because when he came back to England, they caught him. Authorities caught him and arrested him. What year was this? 1987. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> TSA is all over that. <laughs> Anyhow. TSA is like, this guy, this guy we right got here, him. I have his picture. We got him. So he confessed to robbing the Knightsburg security deposit boxes with the help of Parvez Latif. Latif was actually the managing director of the Knightsbridge Safe Deposit Center and agreed to help be due to being heavily in debt because he had a cocaine problem. Hey, you said... <laughs> I wasn't making comments that related to your story. And clearly I was. <laughs> no. I said the cow no. salt shaker had cocaine Absolutely in it the whole not. time. It doesn't count. Absolutely not. So are you saying he snitched like 6'9"? Yeah. Which, again, I don't see what the big problem is. So Vici was eventually sentenced to 22 years in Parkhurst Prison on the Isle of Wight. W-I-G-H-T. Wit. Uh, in 1992, he was deported to Italy to serve the rest of his sentence in an open jail in Pescara, Pescara, which was essentially like he worked and did everything he wanted to do during the daytime, but then he'd come back to jail at a specific time in the evening. Listen, I don't know. It's super weird. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, on April 19th, 2000, Vici got caught up in a gunfight between himself, his accomplices, and the police, which led to his death at the age of 45. The police believed that during um, his daytime stroll, he was planning on committing a crime of some sort. Um, so they went to go stop him, and a gunfight happened. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think that he was really going to commit a crime, or do you think he's just out walking around there like, you know what? I don't know. Sick I mean, I think he might have been addicted to, like, robbing banks. Not cocaine. I thought you were going to say cocaine, no. and then you said raw, and I'm like, <laughs> no. ramen noodles? Robbing, Me too. Robbing banks. I'd like to let you know that your boy from the first story yeah. manufactured 
Fire trucks. Sex toy. Oh, really? Some kind of fire trucks. All right. We have one last story uh, that I would like to discuss, and it is about the Dunbar Armored Robbery. So Dunbar Armored Incorporated is a company that provides detective guard and armored car services to clients. <laughs> so they are known for their armored cars that move money or valuables to and from various locations. Now the specific facility that I'm going to be talking about is in Los Angeles, California, and it was used as a depot for these vehicles. And it also had a great deal of cash stored in a vault because they would actually use this money to put on these armored cars and then distribute to different ATMs, like, throughout Los Angeles. Okay. Now, one of the largest thefts of cash in the United States actually took place at this facility. At the facility where they use as a depot yes. for the Dunbar armored, armored cars. cars. Yes, in Los Angeles, California. Okay. Yes. So, Alan Pace II was hired as a regional safety inspector for Dunbar Armored Incorporated. Now, during his time as the safety inspector, he went to this particular uh, depot, and he was supposed to check different, you know, safety things. But this allowed him to study the layout of the facility, the rotation schedule of the guards, the moments when the money was being transferred from vault to vehicle, and the security camera placement. Right, like he's supposed to for his job. Right. So after memorizing all of this information, oh, Pace no. recruited five of his childhood friends to help him commit a big, big crime. Now, on Friday, September 12th, 1977, Pace and his accomplices went to a house party before slipping away undetected. Good alibi, alibi, exactly. alibi. Exactly. So they met up just after midnight, dressed in all black, and made their way to the Dunbar Armored Facility. Now, Pace had learned that the vault was opened on Friday nights in order to begin the process of distributing the money throughout Los Angeles to the ATMs and things like that. They did it at night. They would start putting the money on these vehicles and then take the vehicles out into the city. Okay. Now, using keys that Pace had acquired while working there, the group gained entry into the building. They snuck by the security cameras and waited within the staff cafeteria for the guards to go on break. Now, each time a guard would enter the cafeteria, the culprits would overpower them and then tie them up because he, once again, knew the rotation schedule of the guards. Oof. So once all of the guards were subdued, the group of men took just 30 minutes to load approximately $18.9 million of cash into a waiting U-Haul. Now, Pace was able to direct his team to the bags that held the highest denominations of non-sequential bills. Now, this essentially meant that he was pointing out the largest bills, mm -hmm. but that weren't in order. Right, because... People that people might not know this. I know this probably mostly because I worked at the bank. But you, every bill has a number on it. Yes. For tracking purposes, right. and if you get them in a stack, then they're in the order they were printed in. If yes. it's like new bills, right? So you would have like one, two, three, four, five, right? And that makes it easy to say, oh, well, we're missing ten through twenty, right? We're we're looking for bills with the serial number one, two, three, four through the serial number one, two, seven, eight. Yeah. 
So you just have that. So he was picking out stacks um, that were not in order. Mm -hmm. So it would be very hard. You're you're just trying to find random numbers. You're not trying to find a specific group of numbers. Right. It'd be harder to say, oh, this bill popped up, which we knew was missing because it was in this order. Right. Right. Exactly. So once the money was loaded into the U-Haul, Pace was able to take and destroy the recording devices that the security cameras fed to, because once again, he knew where everything was. Mm -hmm. So when authorities were notified, they immediately suspected that it was an inside job, clearly. Oh, obviously. Yeah, like, no, there was no actual breaking and entering of the building. He had key. I mean, there was, but he had keys to it. He knew the timing of everything perfectly. Pace was actually suspected because he had been fired. Supposedly, he had been fired, like, the day before, but at least he was fired, like, Within the week of when he did the job. Oh. Now, resources say that he was actually fired for tampering with some of the company vehicles. Now, I don't really know. They didn't go into detail, so I don't know if he was messing with them or trying to find something out. And the people are like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm checking checking the safety because I'm the safety inspector. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they fired him. Well, it was probably suspicious. Do you think that he had already planned the heist or that he was mad about being fired? No, I think he planned it. Because I, I think I think once he realized how, not easy, but how he could beat the security systems, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, well, I could just take this money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, so I think he was, and then I think after that point, he was like, now I really have to pay attention to figure out what everybody's rotation is and the security, where the security cameras are, et cetera, et cetera. And then he, so I think it was planned months beforehand. He must have been pretty smart. Yeah. Like to memorize all that or he took really good notes. Yeah. I think he did it as a test. Isn't there a movie? <laughs> There's a test. There used to be a show that was you would hire these two people and the person would break into your house. Yeah, to catch then, a thief. Yeah, and then they would like. That's not what I'm talking about, oh, though. Oh, that's not what you're talking about? There's a movie where they rob her dad's bank. They try to rob this bank that this girl's dad had set up. And then I think they get caught and they're like, he's like, oh, I did it to show the flaws <laughs> of the system. I, I don't think know. so. I'm pretty I sure know. it was like a Disney movie, though. I don't know. I think called. I remember what you're talking about, but I don't remember what it's called. Didn't they come down on like a zip line in the Kid Thieves? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Kid Thieves, Shrug Boy, and Lava Girl. <laughs> I don't think kids rob bank. Dad safety. Oh, it did. It worked. What is it? I put kids rob bank. Dad safety, and Google said, "Catch that kid." Catch that kid. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, Google, it's so you're good. doing great, man. Good job, Google. But that is what it's called. Yeah. So, um, you stated that you thought Pace was very smart, and I would have to agree with that. Now, they suspected Pace, like I said, and they actually were monitoring him for months. However, he did nothing to raise red flags. And what they found out later was for two years, Pace and his accomplices were essentially funneling money through um, by purchasing homes or businesses. Oh, they're money laundering. Or laundering it through fake businesses. They yeah. They make up, set up a fake business. 
Um, and, and so from the outside, there was really nothing that the police could, could take him in for. Like they knew he did it, but they couldn't find the money, essentially. Now, one of the accomplices named Eugene Lamar Hill, after two years of this, gave a real estate broker a stack of cash bound with the original currency straps. Oh my god. Now, this is one of the things I had to Google too, which I think the FBI is going to be watching me. But the original currency straps are, tell me if I'm wrong, it's when the money's printed, they put the strap around it once you get so much, and then it's like the date and the Whatever it was printed or what, how much money it is. Yes, and usually when they come, when it comes into the bank, you take the strap off, you count it, put a new strap on, and you have to stamp it with the date that you counted it. Yeah. So it's a new strap on it. Right. So this real estate agent thought that this was suspicious, obviously, because why would this guy have money with a bank strap around it, right? Do you give those out? No, you wouldn't give out money with straps on it, I don't think. Yeah. Well, anyway, the real estate broker found this suspicious. Whether it be the date that the strap was on, the strap itself, not sure. Well, he took the money to the authorities, which led to Hill's arrest. And then they were able to connect Hill to the U-Haul that was... um, Well, they knew that a U-Haul had been used, but they couldn't connect it to anybody. But once they found Hill, I think they somehow connected a name to the renting of this U-Haul. Interesting. So um, Hill actually is pretty much named all of his co-conspirators right away. Snitched like six, six nine. nine. Exactly. So they were all rounded up and arrested. Now, in 2001, Alan Pace himself was sentenced to 24 years in prison. Eric Damon Boyd was given a similar sentence... Um, now, it was very interesting because Eric Damon Boyd, his father actually, um, testified against him because, uh, Eric had asked his father to help him launder money and his dad said no. I don't know. There was like a really weird situation, but his dad essentially called him out. Now, Eugene Lamar Hill, Freddie Lynn McCrary, and Terry... Terry Wayne Brown and Thomas Lee Johnson were given lighter sentences ranging from 8 to 17 years because they testified against Pace. So they were given a little bit more leniency. I made a deal. Yeah, yes. Now, three other men were arrested for involvement in the laundering scheme, but I'm not sure names or their prison sentences. I'm not sure. Help, like. So, although the culprits were caught, only $5 million out of the $18.9 million was recovered. It's mostly, now the recovered money is mostly in the form of homes, cars, or other valuables that were purchased that I guess they repossessed. Yeah. Um, authorities think that some of the money might have been gambled away, while other bills might have been burned because they were too easily traceable. Mm-hmm. They just didn't use them. Yeah. Um, but they they haven't found the rest of it. They have no idea. They don't know if they've stored it somewhere, if they've put it in an account that they don't can't find because nobody, none of these, um, none of them have said where the rest of the money went. Did they check up their butts? Yeah, they check up. They, <laughs> hey, they have $13 million in cash up their butts. You don't know. I don't know. We didn't check. It's a long tube. (laughs) Now, that's pretty much the end of my story. Now, I did read, now let me Google it really quick, um, that there is a movie coming out 
uh, about this specific robbery. Yes, September 1st, 2020, um, Dunbar robbery movie in the works from Kaleeb Pinkett. I think he's the producer or director or something like that. So apparently there's going to be a movie coming out about this. But yeah, that's, that's the end of my story. So do you think that my bank heist stories will keep you up at night? Or do you still think you'll be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug? I think it brings back memories. <laughs> Not very pleasant ones. Right. Uh, it makes me want to watch movies bank, about bank robberies. I was trying to find, there's a movie on Netflix, or it was, I don't know if it still is. And it's in either Spanish or Italian. Yeah. And it's a basically similar, like, these, these like, professional people yeah. go in and they rob a bank. Right. And then one of them gets caught, so then they're trying to get, break that one out of jail. Like, jail. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, like, a three or four part, it's, like, a series, but, but it's, it's, like, a, a short, multiple episode. Yeah. Is Ocean's Eleven about them robbing a casino? I have no possible way. I've not watched (laughs) any of the Oceans movies. Me neither, but I think that's what it's about. Yeah, yeah, Oceans Eleven's about him uh, robbing a casino. Anywho, that's the end of my story. How'd you like it? I think it's called Money Heist. I think that's it. Okay. It looked really good, though. I think we should watch it. Okay. I thought your story was really good. Thanks. I think that bank robberies are interesting to me because I think that, like, that safety guy should have just been like, I was testing the safety of your building. (laughs) Like, aha, you've had to do a favor like they did to catch a kid. Yeah, but it's not like he would have been able to keep the money. It's their punishment. (laughs) It's punishment for not listening. It's his reward for showing them all the flaws in their system. If you want to look at it that way. (laughs) Oh my goodness. He's putting them through worst case scenario. You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, Money laundering makes me think of... What's the guy who makes meth on Netflix? What? Oh, Breaking Bad? Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Oh my god. I was thinking of how there's a conspiracy that those mattress companies are actually fronts for money laundering mattress companies you've never heard that conspiracy no because like there it was popular a couple years ago i think i don't know how popular the conspiracy is now but this one guy made a video and he was like guys look mattress company and he would drive down one two three business same mattress company one two three four five businesses he's like how many people are buying mattresses why are there three in like a two block radius and so it got people thinking that, like, oh, it's a front for something. Why does this mattress company need so many storefronts when obviously not that many people buy mattresses? Do you think that sheets is money laundering? If mattresses are, why not sheets? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, howdy. Uh, oh, really, God. we don't need this many sheets. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, maybe. We don't. We don't. We, we absolutely don't. don't. We really don't. There you have it, folks. That's the rest of the <laughs> <laughs> That's all, folks. Straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. If you want to see any of my 
resources, sources, I couldn't think of the word, um, go to bugandrug.podbean.com. You'll also see the rest of our uh, episodes there. Feel free to take a look at those. If you want to see pictures, go to Facebook at Bug and a Rug, or you can go to our Instagram or Twitter. Those are at BIAR Podcast. Um, you can email us at BIARpodcast at gmail.com. We would love your suggestions. Let us know if you've been a part of a bank heist. Or a victim of one. Yeah, either way, on the other side. Uh, I think that's it. Any last any last words? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it like that. Um, Speak now or forever hold your peace. I'm disappointed we didn't talk about Nicolas Cage more. But he we'll didn't s- rob a bank. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean I can't be disappointed. <laughs> Let us know. Let us know on any of our social medias or through our email if you would love to have, like, a National Treasure watch party and we'll go on Facebook Live and we'll all hit play together. All right. um, Signing off. I'm Caitlin. I'm Whitney. Bye. Sleep tight.